Good. We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Hey, uh, so number one of the Triple Dipper, um, going to just jump right in here, ready the force. So you've heard me talk about on the show how this has been a rough recruiting year for the military. And I think a big part of that is, is from the top down, not the bottom up. Now there's some concern that there are fewer in what they call the recruiting pool available for recruiting. All right. So, um, basically there's standards. You have to have standards and there are fewer people that can meet the, you know, the intro standards that can meet the, uh, the, the standards for actual recruitment. That's sad in and of itself. Uh, the average statistics indicate that somewhere around 23 to 25% of America's uh, eligible youth um, would otherwise qualify for military service. And of those, even fewer will actually want to. Uh, and that, you know, overall, um, only about 1% of the American population chooses to go into the military in any capacity. So you, you got you to gotta narrow field to begin with. Having said that, not only do you have a narrow field, but now you've got issues with the top side of things. So the Biden administration has made it more difficult. They have made it uh, a morale issue. They have created uh, command structure issues. Uh, they have filled uh, the military ranks with woke policies and been on the record as claiming that there is systemic racism within the ranks. Um, and, and, and the average citizen who wants to serve in the military uh, is going to wind up seeing a lot of that as a deterrent. Like, why? Why? Okay, first of all, military service is hard, and it should be. So why are you going to make it miserable? There's a, there's, a, there's a fine line between hardcore and stupid, all right? And, and hardcore is what we want. We want the people who are willing to go to hard places and do hard things after completing hard training because that's who they are, and we need those people. And, and I don't care if you're going in to be a mechanic or a special operator. It doesn't matter. Every single one of those Uniformed service members is necessary. Everything from the company clerk to the surgeon and everything in between, they're all necessary to make the big green machine function. But when you, when you create morale issues that are unnecessary, when you put obstacles in the path of those who want to serve, when you openly tell people they are not good people if they don't do something that their actual rights say they don't have to do, like the vaccine, then all you've done is further suppress the ability of the recruiters who have a hard job, man, have a hard job um, to do their job. Hence the fact that we have been in a recruiting nightmare this year. This year, we have been looking at post-COVID shutdowns where recruiters couldn't get into the schools to talk to kids, which is one of their primary sources of recruitment. They couldn't go into gathering places. They couldn't set up in the malls. They couldn't go to the county fair. They couldn't do all those things. So recruiters were limited in how they could reach people. Then on top of that, you got the Biden administration slapping a vaccine mandate on there, and they're, they're, they're getting rid of 8,000 current service members while telling everybody else out there, if you come in, you got to have the vaccine whether you want it or not. Okay, there's that. And then there's just watching the way the Biden administration and the current uh, leadership of the military um, totally, totally abused the process of uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. I, I'm, a, I'm a veteran of Afghanistan myself. Um, 
and, and, and served a pretty dicey tour. And, and, I, and I look back on it now with, you know, the sense that, yeah, the war had to end. I, I, was, I was ready for the war to end. I've got family members in the service now. I don't want them to go to the same place that I went to 20 years after I went there. But I also want to know that the manner in which we end it was considered just as important as the manner in which we entered it. You, you can say a lot about how you leave as much as how you get there. And so we, we literally just, just saw a debacle. 13 service members died at the gate of the airport. Uh, the security situation was a total boondoggle. You know, we, had, we, we abandoned 1,000 Americans there. All that impacts readiness. It impacts troop morale, and it impacts the ability to recruit people. So where are we now? That being said, uh, I thought it was important this morning to take a look. I started doing some stuff yesterday, and I was talking about the vaccine mandate on the military and the fact that it's been rescinded. And I thought, you know, I'm going to talk about that. You know what? I'm going to take this even further. I'm going to talk about recruiting in general because readying the force is so important to our national security. It's important to our national posture. It says a lot about who we are as a nation. You know, when it, when it comes to your staging in the world, how you as a nation are perceived in the world, you look, at, you look at four things. You can use the acronym DIME, D-I-M-E, diplomacy, intelligence or informations, military, and economics. So the, the four means of projection of foreign power or of, of, of national power are DIME, diplomacy, information or intelligence, depending on which one you talk to, military and economics. That being said, one of the four major factors is the military, and if we don't have a standing ready force, well, you can imagine we're in big trouble. We're not taken seriously. We don't have anything to back it up. We can tell somebody to stop doing something, and they'll say, why? What are you going to do? All right, so here's some stories. I'm going to run, run running through these things. What's happening right now in the world of recruiting? What, how, how's it going? Is it getting better? It, it did get a little better, except for the Army. Mm, great. But the, the Army missed the mark. The Air Force, the Navy, and the Marine Corps managed to, I believe they managed to meet mission at the very end of the year. But they had to do some paperwork shuffles. So, so, so here's one of the things that happens. Recruiters have a hard job, man. They, they work on quotas. It's very high stress. Um, it's a high burnout rate in recruiting. But recruiters um, oftentimes have categories they put people in, uh, one of which is, is, is called a delayed uh, enlistment or, or, or deferred enlistment. And, and so they've, they've, they've been able to sort of move some paperwork around and begin to count people who were in their um, uh, delayed entry programs. Uh, as current recruits. Well, they were technically coming in like next year because they're going to finish high school, but they've already signed their contract. But they were able to count them towards this year's quotas. But that also means that they were going to usually be able to count them towards next year's quotas. Now they're starting the year short. Huh. Okay. Um, so here's the first one I've got. Fox News. December 6th. Navy to begin accepting more recruits from the lowest aptitude percentile amid deepening recruiting crisis. This story came out three weeks ago. The U.S. Navy is set to begin accepting more recruits who score in the lowest aptitude percentile on their military entrance tests. Uh, Commander David Benham, who works for Navy Recruiting Command, um, he said that basically the new Navy guidelines will allow them to enlist 7,500 recruits that fall into what's called Category 4 which basically are applicants who have a high school diploma, but they score way too low on the ASFAB or the, or the Armed Forces Qualification Test. Well, that's new and different. You worry about it when you see that, like, oh, okay. Can't meet the mark, lower the bar. Mm. Well, um, 
they say this is going to help remove barriers to enlistment, and there will be a qualified applicant pool that sort of expands at that point. But you, you still have to look at this and go, wow, okay, but that's where we are, huh? Um, says the change could result in about 20% of this year's active duty enlisted pool for the Navy falling into the lowest percentile. So they're looking at this having an impact on their recruiting in a big way. Maybe upwards of 20% of new recruits will be folks who otherwise would not have qualified just last year. That's, uh, that's a little scary. One of the other things that happened that impacted recruiting was the Biden administration. I, I hadn't thought about this. Um, remember, how long has it been since we had that conversation on the show about the Biden student loan program and, and it's, being, it's being locked up by the courts? It's not going to happen, right? Right. What, about the last three, four was, weeks, right? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, three or four weeks ago. Three right. weeks to a month ago. Okay. All right. Well, uh, but in the interim, so Biden announced his student loan program, uh, I think in June, thereabouts. That seems about right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right. Here we go. Washington Times, September 24th. Just not so long ago. This article says Biden eliminates a top incentive in the military recruitment process. I had never thought about this. So it points out in this article that the knee-jerk reaction, I say knee-jerk, the, 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 the determination to move forward with relieving people of their debt for doing nothing has an impact on military recruiting. It says, traditionally, the strongest and most well-known incentives for military service are the educational benefits, specifically the GI Bill and the military's student loan forgiveness programs. Basically, if you walk into any recruiter's office, you can tell them, yeah, I'm interested in being, uh, you know, uh, uh, a Navy SEAL or, or an Air Force technician or I want to I be a, you know, a small boat mechanic. I don't, it doesn't matter. Tell them what you want. They'll tell you what they've got, and then they'll also tell you what incentives they've got. And they'll also, at times, they'll try to upsell you. Hey, you score pretty high. You know, we're low in this category. You qualify for that. Would you be interested? Well, I don't know. But we can sweeten the pot. You've got a two-year community college degree. That's great. Uh, you have any debt? Yeah, I got a student loan. If you'll enlist right now for four years, we'll pay it off. So student loan forgiveness was one of the things the military used as a recruiting tool. But then Biden came along and said, hey, there's a bunch of people out there that are doing nothing for society, but they're having a hard, hard time. I'm going to forgive their debt. And what does that do to recruiting? Well, here's the, here's the, here's the analogy. They said, there's two hypotheticals. You can commit to a 16-year career in the military to earn educational benefits, or you can do absolutely nothing, pursue a civilian career, receive the same benefit. Even the most patriotic Americans could see that choice. So, yeah, that, that's one of the things that happened. Now, the Navy again, though, they may be taking in people who are you know, lower on the qualifications list, but one of the things they're also doing is they're reaching out to veterans so those of you that may have gotten out in recent years and you're thinking, golly, I miss it, you know, because there is this sense of belonging. There's this sense of mission. And, and is the military frustrating? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Anybody who's put on the uniform knows that the military is itself a, a world unto itself. And, and there are times when it gets super frustrating, but it's also very purpose driven. It's a purposeful life. And, and it's, it can be very fulfilling if you find the spot that you really feel like you can serve and, and you enjoy doing it. That being said, there are veterans who get out and they go into the civilian world and they don't feel very enthused about it. And then a year or two later, they're like, wow, I wish I was back. They may have gotten out for a family issue. I know one guy who got out because his son had medical issues. Those issues resolved a year or two later and he missed it. He wished he was back in. Uh, you may have gotten out to go to school. You may have gotten out to care for a sick family member. 
The Navy is now offering veterans up to $115,000 in enlistments and loan repayment incentives, specifically reaching out to veterans and giving them a chance to come back in. So future sailors and veterans who agree to re-up, it says, according to NavyTimes.com in August of this year, can combine the maximum enlistment bonus. By the way, they have enlistment bonuses of $50,000 for some MOSs. That's huge, y'all. Can you imagine you sign the dotted line as an 18-year-old kid because you qualify high enough, you got a high school diploma, and uh, you, let's, say, let's say you're 20, you went to two years of community college, you got a tech degree, and then you joined the military, they gave you a $50,000 signing bonus because you qualify for a, a high-ranking MOS, and oh, by the way, you come in as an E4 because you've got some college, and they'll pay off your student loan. That's good doings right there. One of the enlisted loan repayment program, the Navy will cover student loans that were taken out prior to enlisting. And you can also, by the way, be a Navy veteran or veteran from another service. And if you've been out for 12 months, they can bring you back in. Um, uh, and, and a lot of times at equal rank. That's, that's huge. But when I see that, one of the first things I thought of, which we're going to talk about after the break, is, okay, there's 8,000 veterans out there who were made to get out because of the vaccine mandate. Are we ever going to see them offer the same opportunity? And I, I think we can talk about that when we get back from the break. Because, folks, that's a ready pool of people who already get it, who already have a skill set, who haven't been out very long, and who may well want to come back in. If half of them wanted to come back in, that would be big. Take us to a break, but we'll do that right now. We'll come right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, talking on my brand-new microphone. We'll be right back. We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Um, hey, Boomer, by the way, uh, my grandkids are still in town, and we may have a visit uh, either today or tomorrow. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's good stuff. They may. Everyone may be able to hear that giggle then. <laughs> uh, not from me, from the grandkids. Not from you, yeah. yeah exactly. Not from you. I don't, I don't giggle. No, grown, of course not. No, grown, 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 Army Rangers don't giggle. That's not the way it works. <laughs> um, hey, back on the topic, ready the force. So as we're talking about recruiting, um, let's, uh, let's, let's talk through some things about those who may be in the recruiting pool who would like to come back. Like, for instance, I've got a friend, by the way, who put his own papers in. He didn't want the vaccine mandate. He had 16 years of service, and he decided, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sitting around waiting for administrative action to be taken against me. I'm not going to wind up having something some black mark on my record. So he dropped his own papers and got out at 16 years. I mean, he literally was two years away from sanctuary, and he got out. But he said, in his own words, he said, I did it because I knew for a fact that give it a year or so, and I can go back in under my own, on my own accord without having to worry about a black mark on my record because of some arbitrary action for vaccines that don't work. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of folks out there because what we're not hearing about in the 8,000 people 
who were um, discharged because of uh, uh, declining the vaccine mandate and having their religious accommodations disapproved, um, we're not hearing about those who dropped their papers early. Retention is just as important as anything else. And when you're, when you're in the middle of a purge, which is what that was, when you're in the middle of a purge and the ranks are being thinned, then you have to recognize, too, it's not just those who, who held on to the very last and were kicked out. It's also those who saw the handwriting on the wall and thought, forget this, and they went ahead and got out. My friend got out before he even had his retirement. It's worth it to him to go back in, but I'll be honest with you, he's highly, highly competent, highly, extremely skilled, very well trained, um, and, and I would not be a bit surprised if the unit doesn't just call him and say, you ready? Um, so all that to say, there's a ready pool of people out there, 8,000-plus, in my opinion, 8,000-plus, who are veterans, who are already trained, who were put out for the wrong reasons, who may well be willing to go back in. So the, the recruiting pool has to take those into account. And if we're looking right now at the possibility of reinstatement, then I'm just going to encourage Congress, and, and, I've, and I've, I've had this conversation a few times, but I'm going to encourage Congress to... to to figure out what reinstatement means, because Congress has already failed so far. They didn't put it in the NDAA. A uh, story here on December 16th from military.com uh, headline was, vote to reinstate 8,000 troops booted over vaccine fails, but the mandate is dead in the new defense bill. In other words, the mandate itself going forward, I mean, anybody who's still in and was under administrative review uh, and facing UCMJ action and, and possible discharge from the service for not getting a vaccine, um, that all came to a cold hard stop. They're still in. But if you were early on and you were kicked out, then you're one of those who, okay, if they can stay, how come I had to leave? I mean, that's kind of where it is. Well, uh, easy answer to that is because that was the legality they were facing at the time. But last-ditch effort by Republican senators, according to military.com, to get troops who have already been discharged under the mandate reinstated with back pay fell short in a largely party-line vote. The Senate voted 83 to 11 on Thursday night to approve the overall bill, but the amendment that was offered uh, by uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Ted Cruz of Texas uh, failed on a 40 to 54 vote. You can imagine, I said it yesterday, but I'll say it again, you can imagine who they were that voted against it. It was uh, Senators Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, Mike Rounds. They were opposing this. They joined the Democrats in opposing it. Um, for whatever reason, they were they were making excuses like, well, all you're doing is telling soldiers that if they disobey orders, it's okay. The the counter to that thread is that the my re recollection is the 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 legal argument is it was an emergency use authorization of a non-FDA approved vaccine for a period of time, and therefore it was different. Plus, there was a religious accommodation request by many of these, and the law requires they be given a one-on-one -on -one review, case-by-case -case basis, and they, they didn't get it. So there's 8,000 folks out there who might want to be approached by a recruiter. Get a list, fellas. Get a list. Start making calls. Because I'll be honest with you right now, the federal civilian workforce is doing just that. I'll tell you about that when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hour number two. How is that possible, Boomer? Like, I, it just went really fast today. <laughs> really fast. <laughs> like, what is going on? It's 71 <laughs> degrees outside, almost New Year's Eve, right after we had a major cold freeze. And the first hour is already done too. I, it just, it's like it's like some kind of time warp that we're in right now. Absolutely. It, it, yeah, we ain't even you had have, to turn on the AC. You have stepped into the right side zone. <laughs> um, yeah, we had to turn on the AC. That was crazy. Boomer cool. and I sit here just sweating. There are more heat producers, including he and I, right here in this <laughs> studio. And then I'm sitting here just espousing all this hot air. This studio Ooh. gets pretty hot. Um, okay. Let's go back to the topic at hand. By the way, the text lines are open. Several of y'all are already on. 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. If you want to text in or call in on that number, uh, we'll take it. Um, so I mentioned before the break, I've got a story here from the Federal News Network uh, dated uh, June of last year. Last year. You know, as we're talking about the, the ready pool of people in the, uh, in, in the world of recruiting who may have just gotten out or been forced out, that may want the opportunity to come back in and see if all can be forgiven and have the opportunity to expand their career opportunities. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe even be eligible for bonuses. Who knows? I mean, I mean, if you come if you come back in and you're already MOS qualified and you've already been through, you know, BNOC or PLDC or something, you're 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 a mid-grade enlisted and you've you've got the ability to serve on day one, maybe have combat experience, or it's a recruiter's dream. But can they? Well, just know this. On the civilian side of federal service, they've already been working on this. So last year, it came out, OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, came out with new regulations in June of last year that went into effect uh, right about this time last year, I believe, saying that the new regulations would allow for the rehiring, a new flexibility in rehiring those who had previously been in federal service and allow them to come in at the same or higher grade than when they had left. Because what they're recognizing is they may have gotten out, gotten some experience, and also, by the way, they have experience within the system. So, hey, why reinvent the wheel? We can bring somebody back in. Well, if the civilian side can do it, then the military side can do it. And this whole reinstatement thing may or may not happen. We may not see them all reinstated, the 8,000. At the very least, though, we ought to remove the bar to reenlistment. That's a big piece. Remove the bar to reenlistment and allow somebody who did not get the vaccine to come back into the service, a service, by the way, which has now been congressionally mandated by our civilian leaders, to not be required. So remove the bar to reenlistment, allow for reinstatement at prior rank, give them the service they missed, give them an opportunity to move towards their retirement and plug them right back in. If the civilian sector can do it, and by the way, it says right here in the article, 
Agencies can reinstate former federal employees to positions in the government, but only at the same grade level they had when they left service. That's the previous uh, rule. But the new regulation will allow the rebuilding of the federal workforce by giving agencies a new recruitment tool that will allow them to attract former employees, including those with specialized skills, who can then re-enter the service and be considered fully successful at equal or higher rank. Um, that's a big, big deal. So my, my deal is, if the civilian side of federal service is allowed to do it, why wouldn't the military side be? It's a question worth answering. So Congress, remove the bar to reenlistment. Let the recruiters have a list of phone numbers and tell them to start making phone calls and start dialing for recruits, and you may find a whole bunch of folks out there. All right. One other thing that I found interesting is this story came out yesterday, two days ago, I'm sorry, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal says the U.S. military is working to enlist recruits who have faced behavioral challenges. Okay, this is interesting. Um, So we already saw that the Navy and most other services are saying, yeah, you didn't score as high on the physical or the aptitude tests. We'll work with you. We'll either either lower the standards you can come on in or... They also, by the way, have a uh, – the Army has a, uh, a new recruiting opportunity you can spend, I think it's uh, – I want to say nine weeks at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, where depending upon the reasons why you were not otherwise qualified, whether it be physical or you didn't pass the ASFAB at a high enough level, they'll take you and they'll put you in one of two tracks, physical training or um, aptitude training, and get you ready for full enlistment. And then if you pass that in nine weeks, I believe it is – then you, you're allowed to go into your full contract. I, I'm okay with that. I think that's cool. Um, some of those kids, it's going to be a life changer for them. It's going to be like tutoring. It's going to be like special coaching. It's going to be like giving them some, some sense of meaning, some sense of purpose, and I'm glad. Here's the other piece, though, that I didn't know about till yesterday. The Defense Department has, for the first time, allowed 700 recruits who have been diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder to join the military without a waiver under new rules that could be a pathway for those who have confronted mental health or other developmental conditions. That's interesting. It says, in June, the military, which has been, by the way, this is an article two days ago. In June, the military, which has been facing major recruiting challenges, said that those who had suffered from 38 different medical conditions could serve as long as they had not demonstrated those symptoms nor required medication for treatment for the last three, five, and seven years, depending on the condition. Okay, well, that's entirely one of which is ADD. Um, as long as you have not been taking medication and you've been considered symptom-free for a period of time, then you can come back in. This goes on, by the way, uh, treatment for depression or other mental health issues. Um, as long as you have not had to take medication and you are considered to be healthy now, uh, if you've had a period of time, uh, the military will allow that without a waiver. Some of those, they still require a waiver because you have to have medical confirmation that you are not considered a harm to yourself or others. But that's, it's, just, it's just clearly indicative of the fact that we are at a place right now where the military is saying, okay, got to make some changes, man. Got to do something different. Well, I'm just going to tell you, Lowering the bar is scary. Removing the bar to reenlistment for those who are kicked out for the COVID vaccine is necessary. And oh, by the way, the Biden administration needs to quit putting impediments in the way of recruiters doing their job and getting the force where it needs to be. Bam. I have now summed it up. There it is. Three markers. Put me in charge of Army recruiting. I'll take it. Now, I sit here in my, uh, uh, behind my golden microphone just you know, espousing these things, but you know, having spent my years in service... 
I have a, I have a deep love and appreciation um, for those who choose to serve and the families who support those who choose to serve. And I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, generational military in my family, uh, grandfather, father, myself, and others. And, and I'll, just, I'll just tell you, I want the force to be as strong and as ready as it can possibly be. And we can't keep seeing woke policies, and we can't keep seeing morale killers, and we can't keep seeing experimental mandates, and we can't keep seeing the removal of incentives or the denigration of the force by being told that they're part of a systemically racist organization or stopping training so that we can do things like, you know, um, uh, diversity walks or whatever they call them. It's, it's just unreal to me that our military keeps getting used as a Petri dish, uh, as, a, as a literally a, a, a culture growth of, of social experimentation. That's got to stop. And, and one of the ways that we're going to see that happen is to let the military recruit from the best among us and to take those who are trying to achieve and raise them up to the next level and then promote on merit. Got to do it. Got to, got to do it. Uh, I got a caller calling in that I got just barely enough time for before the break, so I will, Boomer, I'll take that call if we got it. Um, all right, let me do that. Line. Is that Brian? Brian from Huntsville, I believe. Uh, line one. Man, how you doing today? Doing okay. Up in, uh, you talked about lowering the bar and people going to the military, but that's already been done. Uh, our commander-in-chief, the top of the military, we really lowered the bar when we elected him. <laughs> I'm not denying that. I, I am not denying that. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Have a good one. You too, man. Thanks for your service. Um, all right. Well, and on that note, Boomer, take it to the break. We'll switch gears. We're moving to the next part of the Triple Dipper. I am in line to finish all three dippers in one day. What do you think? Number two coming right so. back. You think so? Yeah. All right. John from Huntsville's already texted me some grief about it. We'll see. <laughs> he says my New Year's resolution ought to be to try and finish more dippers this year. Uh, all right. Number two of the Triple Dipper, Big Fat Lies. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> 